Thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Davina. She is the CEO and co-founder of Element Apothic. Uh, she launched an app uh, called Effective Living in 2010. And she's also a board of Miracle Project, which is an autism group, autism theater group. It's quite phenomenal. She does some really beautiful work. Lots of things to talk about. Uh, thanks so much, Davina, for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me today. So, uh, Davina, we're going to go into a little bit of um, Element, and we can talk about the app that you launched in 2010. But where are you originally from? Uh, well, I was born in San Diego, actually, um, but okay, spent my uh, time between San Diego and Maui um, back and forth, which was a great way to grow up. It's definitely not a bad way of growing up. No. <laughs> I in love with San Diego in about two weeks, and I just moved here. And yeah. I've looked back. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm in Los Angeles, and I, I do miss San Diego. I go there as often as I can. Yeah, San Diego is more open than than Los Angeles. So it's, you know, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, it's like try to find as much freedom as possible, right? Yeah, you have so much more outdoor space. I think it's uh, it's built into the community Stakes. to get outside right. and do things. Love it. So, so born in San Diego, and then, you know, did you kind of, did you go into business for schooling or right off the gate? Or what was your kind of process for education? Well, it's interesting. I had grown up actually wanting to be an astronaut. And so I actually went to school for aeronautical engineering. And I even did an internship at JPL, um, which was quite fascinating and intriguing. Um, But what I realized is that I really like working with people and not just sitting behind a computer screen. I'm in a dark room all day programming. Um, And so I I shifted actually and ended up finishing, um, you know, going to school for business economics and um, really loved the business world. I always was an entrepreneur. I think when I was 10 or 11, I started my first car wash and, and then in Hawaii. Would, yeah, that's my business right there, car wash. <laughs> that was my first business too, you know? Yeah, and I would pull uh, flowers from plumeri trees and make lays and sell them to the tourists. I was always trying to figure out some way to uh, to make money and launch my own business and um, and would even do surprise lay dropped off to people's uh, front doors to uh, to make them happy so it was always Love a combination it. of how can i do business and how can i uh, add a smile to people's face i suppose yeah definitely you know at the end of the day that's what all business is is just like helping people and kind of solving their initial problem i always say like we're always selling a feeling like you're not selling a service or a product you're selling a feeling of being satisfied right. and that could be Hey, my car is dirty and it needs to be clean or, um, you know, I need some, uh, you know, underwear because my underwear is ripped, you know, like, (laughs) whatever it is. Right. Um, so at the end of the day, like that's really, and and I, and I love that. Um, so it really, it really shows you like at the end of the day, like what really makes us happy is providing joy to others. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's Um, an experience that provides at the end of the day, something people need and you hope that you can do it better and, and make the experience better for them. Yeah, exactly. So, so you had these kind of initial, um, you know, I'm going to first go and live in space, you know, and then <laughs> you go from there to business economics and kind of, your, you know, and just providing value. What was your first real, um, like startup or kind of company project? Was it effective living? Yeah, I mean, I effective living was my first on my own. Before that, I was lucky to work for some really incredible um, internet startups and and just got incredible experience because I often started at you know the fifth or seventh or tenth employee and and we grew and then we closed down, which is often the story of internet right. startups. But but it was really incredible experience to see 
um, how you could make an impact, what things you should or shouldn't do in most cases. And, um, and so then I decided to uh, venture into my own. I, I did some startup consulting for a while and then decided that it was time for me to launch my own business. So that so was, was it one living. of those cases where, you know, you're working in this internet startup case and you're rubbing shoulders with a bunch of founders and CEOs and all these guys that are just like running these companies. And you, and you just kind of acquired a lot of the knowledge uh, on how to build these internet startups. And then from there, you know, one of them just kind of dropped off or, you know, you kind of exited that. And then you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to do this on my own. Cause I'm like, I have enough knowledge at this point. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I, I was able to really gain some great experience from, from a lot of the people I worked with was fortunate to be on the management team and um, really, you know, sitting in every meeting and board meeting and just absorbing everything I could about why would this work or why didn't this work? Um, and, and was able to take that knowledge and, and I would always do these kind of postmortems of companies as, as we then had to go through layoffs and thought, oh my gosh, if, if this would have been done different or they would have thought about this a little bit different. And oftentimes it was, uh, you know, meeting uh, founders and investors' expectations that led to the downfall instead of really holding true to what the employees were telling, um, you know, the management team what to do. Listen so to your team, people. They're, they're the ones that are in the muck. They're in the mud. They're yes. Mind, but I love it. That's yeah. awesome. So, so what was your first, um, after that kind of the internet startups, what was your very first company? Yeah. So then I did, well, like I said, I consulted on my own for a while with right. them. Startups and, yeah. yeah and, and so that was kind of my, you know, my first thing was let me go and help uh, new startups put in place the right operational plan and strategic plan and hire the right team, which I think is one of the most important things that's often overlooked. So I did yeah. that for a while and then I thought, okay, I think I'm ready to to launch my own business. And at the time, I was very involved with my son's school and um, was realizing that raising money was difficult and was also seeing a lot of small businesses, local mom and pop shops constantly going out of business. And so I thought, you know, you looked at the Living Social Groupon model, we could make it local and we could really support uh, the local community and businesses. And at the same time, it could be this ongoing fundraiser for schools where they don't really have to do much other than uh, promote it to the local families who in turn love getting deals and saving money at the local businesses. Um, and and that was, a, you know, I thought that that would be a great idea to really help um, the community um, and to kind of reinvigorate keeping the money within the local space. So, so this app essentially, you know, it connected people with certain businesses and perks and things of that nature, like locally. So that way people would continue to just support small businesses. Right. Yeah, exactly. Through discounts or, um, you know, various services that were offered um, to entice them to come in similar to living social or Groupon type deals. At how, our did you, um, how did you get funding for the app initially? Did you just do it yourself? Or? Yeah, I self-funded it um, and worked with a um, developer um, that was able to work with me on a, on a lower budget. These things um, were pretty, yeah, these things could be pretty expensive. You know, this is in 2010. Yeah. I mean, a lower budget in 2010 on building an app, like that's not a lower budget. That's like <laughs> you're on the forefront of building an app when it's apps are extremely expensive. Now you can go online and you can create an app for almost for free, but you know, or very minimal money. Um, mm -hmm. But then it was, wasn't very cheap. So you must have a pretty, pretty cool connection with a great developer. Yeah, I got really lucky. And it was a it was a web based app. And so, you know, it wasn't just a pure mobile app as well. So I think that also helped with the with the cost. But um, yeah, it was it was exciting to launch. Um, and, and we really were able to make an impact um, while we were in business. Unfortunately, 
um, we shut it down. I should have known, but you know, uh, looking for team members and partners, and it just ended up not working out at the end with the team that I had built. But I I learned a lot, and we did make a big difference um, in the time that we were up and running, and were able to give a good amount to the local schools um, to help them. So that was exciting to be able to bring those checks and deliver them, knowing that they really needed that money. Yeah, I love it. That that sounds like extremely rewarding. Uh, you always done things that. Have- I guess it sounds like help people and kind of resolve a lot of their problems and needs. And it's very, um, when did element apothic kind of come in after effective living? Yeah. So after effective living, I then went back to consulting and thought, you know, this is where I really can make an impact and help companies. Um, and I, and I had done various things. I was working on a um, social media app that was uh, ended up actually launching and then they shut it down um, because it was really hard to compete, but it was also, for good and, and taking away the, the self, um, I guess the self uh, promotion and really focusing on people's talents, which I think is what social media kind of initially started is how can we help and share great information and yeah. um, encourage people. Um, we were successful and, and had, I think 10,000 downloads within just a really short period of time, but, but also the landscape was so competitive with Instagram and at the time musically and stuff that we realized that it, probably would be a really difficult path to. We have a lot of things to talk about after the show. Um, So that (laughs) was kind of like an early thing, but how did that lead into Element? Yeah. And so, um, so I was kind of figuring out what the next thing I was going to, going to do was, and I knew whatever I wanted to do, I really at this point needed to make an impact and, and make things better at during this whole last couple of years, I've been helping my great aunt who actually is the story behind element apothic. And she created these products out of need. Um, she was diagnosed with several autoimmune diseases about 10 years ago, and there were not products on the market that could help her. And so she was almost bedridden and started creating products and tinctures. She's actually growing her own cannabis and made her own Rick Simpson oil um, to infuse in these products. But she made tinctures and butters and lotions and to help support it's all about her. that natural healing process. Yeah, yeah. And some of the the autoimmune diseases she had were so triggered by chemicals and toxins and products. And so she couldn't rely on a lot of the products that were in the market. And even Western medicine that was being prescribed to her was causing additional side effects that would impact other autoimmune diseases she had. So she became well-versed in plant-based remedies and herbal medicine that could help her. And then all of a sudden friends would come and say, Hey, I'm having this issue with my skin or I need support with sleep or I'm having, you know, I need something to help calm my nerves. And so she started creating all of these formulations for people. And during this time, um, myself, I'm also on the, you know, clean and organic and natural things that she helped me. Um, I have eczema and she said, Hey, try this. And I do CrossFit and, and try this. This will help you with your muscles. Um, and so that I kept seeing the, the work of these products and I'd actually give them to friends and friends' parents and say, they would tell me about some problem they're having. Like, oh, let me get you this for my aunt. Yeah. Um, but a couple of years ago, she came and wanted to build a website. She was selling in some farmer's markets and um, as some local community she lived in, Reno at a couple local stores. So we built a website. I built a website for her. Um, but she also, you know, she's older and she also didn't know how to market it. And so she would have her few customers come through and that was about it. And so a little over a year ago, she came to me and said, I've been thinking a lot about this. And I, I know you're passionate about what you're doing. I know you're also trying to figure out what next. Um, and I 
I want to basically hand this to you. I want my products to go from the kitchen to the world. And I think I have a gift in really helping people. And I have all of these formulations that I know have helped countless people. So here you go. That's amazing. And I, you know, I really thought about it in terms of uh, this is exactly an ideal situation for me because I really want to make an impact and help people. I have been so frustrated with the personal care space when there's so many ingredients that are in products that are, that should be banned <laughs> here. Yeah, there's I think, 1400 banned ingredients um, in Europe and Canada and Japan that we use here in the U S and we have 12. So I've always been the person saying, do you know what's in your, you know, makeup and your shampoo? Yeah, and yeah, all sort of stuff. I know there's yeah. so much about some people don't understand. Um, yeah. So were you in that, you were in that position to do that? I mean, was it like you're at the social media site, you had like 10,000 downloads and it was difficult to monetize it. Were you still working on that when that opportunity came no, at that at that point, I kind of, you know, we were trying to figure out what was the uh, transition um, and, you know, basically kind of letting that app go and that idea, just realizing what it would take to, to actually make that successful, mm-hmm. um, which was hard because it's something, yeah, a lot of time. And, and I do believe social media really needs something like that. There, yeah. there needs to be, I just watched the social dilemma and was, and, and thought even more about it in terms of what has happened to it. social you media. You have a great mind to me now. So let's talk, let's talk about element apothic mm-hmm. real quick and exactly what you guys offer. That's different than like the normal space for like, you know, skincare or cosmetic care or some sort. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think it's really the the blend there's several pillars that we stand on that i think help differentiate ourselves and it's not to say there are other companies out there because i think there are companies that are now trying to elevate their brand and really meet the demands of the conscious consumer which are looking for clean formulations and not ingredients that are harmful or toxic mm-hmm. that are looking for brands that are sustainable in terms of not just where you source your ingredients, but what type of packaging are you using? So you're not adding any additional harm to the earth where we already have such an issue with, with um, so much trash and um, stuff like that and transparency. So in so many of personal care products, you can hide ingredients if you use lower than a certain percentage. You can put proprietary, you know, a formula and that can, you can hide things even within that. People put other labels on things that are really kind of deceiving. And so for us, there's 100% transparency. Every ingredient we have is listed every t- every way that we actually source and the usage of that ingredient is also listed as well. And then education, because I think, especially in the CBD space, a lot of people are still learning about CBD and phytocannabinoids and why does this work and how does this work? And so if you educate people, then they realize the benefits of it. And it's not just some snake oil promise that's being put out there, but that there's actually real benefits to our body to actually incorporate this into our system. So those are kind of the things that we look at. And then on top of that, we have medical Um, you know, medical advisors that look at every formulation because it really was important if people are, it's one thing if you're putting it on your skin, which still does some of it absorb into your bloodstream. But if you're ingesting something, for me, I I was really passionate about making sure that I wasn't giving somebody a product that could end up hurting them when our promise is to help them. And so we have medical advisors to look at every formulation to make sure that it is positive in your system when you take it, that it doesn't impact your gut microbiome in a negative way. And I think a lot of companies are, are just putting products out there just to get them, or they're taking some lotion and just adding CBD and saying, Hey, it's, 
magical. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you could do so much more. And, and, you know, our products as well have, I think our face serum and our lotion each have 20 ingredients and every ingredient is purposeful and effectful, effective and put there for a specific reason. It wasn't just, we took this product and we added CBD and here you go, but we looked at how could it really help people instead of having five different lotions for all of these things, here's one lotion that can help you with all of these variations of things that you might experience or need for your body. I love it. Yeah. Sounds like Element, you know, has this kind of piece where it's very focused on, you know, being conscious of our environment and the world and the impact and all those things, but then also, you know, has a good effect on the body and it's a lot of transparency. Is there a, is there a most focus on CBD products or do you guys expand on different, um, like, uh, different things as well? Or is it just kind of like the main focus? Yeah, so we decided, you know, so when my aunt initially created the product, some of them didn't have CBD or other phytocannabinoids, but but really that ingredient, adding it to personal care products as well as tinctures is so incredible if you understand our body and that we have an endocannabinoid system and receptors that actually work with CBD and CBG and CB and other phytocannabinoids. And so as we were creating and reformulating the products, we thought this this should be just another ingredient that is consumed, that is used topically because it really does have an impact in our body, has a system that binds with it. So there's a reason why it works for people. And so all of our products at this point do have CBD or CBG, CB and other um, phytocannabinoids that are really impactful to help people with various conditions that they have. And again, we look at it more like another ingredient to make our products as effective as possible. We're not, we don't look at ourselves as just a CBD brand, um, but a brand that's really trying to help people with self-care and wellness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is there, is there, is there kind of a focus on um, CBD because there is this kind of thing where, you know, it has a relaxing feature or a health benefit feature. I, for me, when I'm thinking of CBD, I'm thinking of, okay, um, you know, it's like, it's related to THC, but it's like, it relaxes me and it makes me feel more comfortable, but there's obviously other benefits as well. Is it to the point right now in CBD where almost everyone you think would benefit from, you know, from utilizing it in some way or form on a daily basis and it's not going to be harmful to them? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, there are exceptions. We have our chief science officer that's part of our, our team, and we, we do a show called Contemporary Cannabis. Um, and, and we just did a show because there are people that take certain medications that do have a negative impact. There, there's few, very few, but still there are people that have to be really careful of it. So, you know, in, in essence, yes, I think it can help everybody, but there are certain people that probably should be really careful about taking it and, and even having those conversations with their doctors to say, hey, I'm considering taking this you know, what do you think about me actually taking this? And maybe the doctor doesn't know. And there's opportunities to find doctors that specialize specifically in cannabis and, and CBD, but our bodies do have an endocannabinoid system and, and there are receptors in our body that react to the binding of, of CBD, um, THC, CBN, CBG. And, and it's not just in um, providing calming, it's in homeostasis, which is homeostasis, which is basically how does your body have the ideal, you know, kind of condition for survival, whether it's fighting uh, bacteria or um, allergens or uh, skin issues or sleep or support. And so that's what 
these phytocannabinoids do for our bodies. And so as there's more research and understanding of it, I think people will start to realize what variation of these various, uh, you know, phytocannabinoids that they actually need to, to help them maintain this homeostasis in their bodies. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, it sounds like also, you know, what you're, what you're doing is kind of, you're, you're expanding this space into the point where, you know, it can, it can really reach its true potential and be able to help others. One thing that um, uh, we noticed was that you're interested in going into maybe uh, like a Whole Foods or kind of a Trader Joe's kind of marketplace. What have been, what has been the like main focus there as far as marketing development? Has it been more like e-commerce online or like, you know, farmer's markets, obviously that's where it kind of founded was initially farmer's markets, but where, what is the main source of traffic and growth in it currently? Yeah, so we're just actually launching um, our brand. We're starting our our sell the uh, middle of October, um, and we're now having a great contest for people to join to to join our VIP waitlist. But but really, the focus initially is going to be heavily on on direct to consumer through our e commerce platform as we cool. build brand awareness and recognition. But we also are at the same time running in parallel our retail strategy. Um, and starting to do outreach to retailers. We have secured a couple small online marketplaces and uh, retail locations and doctor's offices and things like that that we're that we are working with. Um, but we at some point expect to have that be about a 50-50 ratio in terms of e-commerce as well right. as our um, wholesale strategy. Um, but again, leaning heavily on e-commerce as we build that brand awareness and gain traction. E-commerce is massive. It's huge yeah. right now. I mean, there's a lot of things to do on it. Have you, did you initially go for a round of funding to be able to help build Element? Or did you do it just like you did with a lot of effective living? You, just, <laughs> you know, did it yeah, so we. Yeah, so up to this point, we've self-funded, but we are actively raising money. Um, we launched on WeFunder. Um, we're doing an equity crowdfunding raise, um, and we thought that it would be great to open that up to friends and family. And obviously, also, there's a lot of expenses in terms of marketing and production and research and development that that we need as a brand to be um, successful. Because you can have great products if nobody knows about you, and you're not effective in your marketing, then nobody knows about you. Right. <laughs> so that's yeah, and it all, talk, it all takes money. To, um, great. Well, a couple of things you know that I've talked about uh, in, in the show is this has been kind of a really challenging time going into the transition in 2020. You've already put yourself in a powerful position because you're starting an e-commerce brand um, primarily, right? Like, I mean, you can get into stores. I mean, right. that's fantastic and definitely a big space, but a lot of e-commerce is where it's at. And then, uh, you know, going into this whole CBD, CBD space is also massive right now. There's a lot of uh, marketing and uh, a lot of money going into and expanding it, everyone needs to calm down during the pandemic. So, <laughs> yes. you know, um, so it's a great position to be in. Uh, how's your How's the business kind of um, How has twenty twenty affected you? As have you been able to kind of scale and grow through it? Has it kind of hindered the growth in some aspects, or did you focus it mostly on like for website development and product development and branding and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely had an impact. We, uh, you know, we're, we're going into the year strong. We were going to actually start our fundraising, um, not doing equity crowdfunding raise. We were going to be doing it through angel investors and um, had even done some outreach and we're getting some positive feedback mm -hmm. um, and, and initially planned to launch the brand much earlier than we're launching now. Um, but everything hit and angel investors we were talking to stopped having conversations and weren't really sure where they were going to be putting their money. Um, right. 
and also as a new brand coming into the space and how do you market and sample and, and get your name out there. And so we, we did utilize that time and kind of pivot and said, okay, let's, let's really look at our branding and our marketing. Let's look at our website. Let's have the best uh, presentation of, of who we are and what we are. Let's build our board advisory team and, and really kind of take advantage of this opportunity to make things better when we actually launch. And so that's where we utilize the time. It, it did delay our, you know, our, our launch. It did um, have a big impact on investing. We're now going to angel investors many months later as they're starting to, to open up and be interested in investing again and, and see promise in companies um, that are coming out on the market. But yeah, it, it impacted us. And I think that the challenge is just pushing through for any any brand, especially in the online space and and fighting through it and just putting your best foot forward. So when you do come out there, you come out there with in the best position that you can be. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. Right now is the time to kind of put your, you know, your pedal to the metal as to say, you know, and just right. go as fast as you can. You know, hit as hard as you can because um, one, this space is a really, really massive space. It's going to be billions of dollars just because THC and CBD is just people love it and they were just right. finally starting to monetize it. And then two, you know, there is this kind of there is this whole economic side to it where in green focus side where people don't want to buy products that are, you know, Johnson and Johnson and you know, like they just don't want to buy these things that they know are damaging to their right. body and damaging to the environment. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're, it's in a, in a great position. So right now, um, what are, what are you looking for to be honest? You're assuming you're looking for capital, looking for a possible new, like, um, VCs to come or angel investors to come and help and promote and grow, um, element apothic. Yeah. So we're, we're, it's twofold because we're launching at the same time that we're, that we're raising money. So we're looking for investors, um, to participate in our fundraise with us. And at the same time, we're, looking to, um, you know, expand through wholesale opportunities. So we're starting those conversations. And on top of that, then uh, marketing our, our launch of our brand. And so we're looking at, you know, marketing firms to partner with and opportunities to really expand um, mm -hmm. the awareness of who we are. Yeah, I love it. Great. Well, Davina, how do people get in contact with you, with you to be able to see if they want to either, you know, partner in, invest and, and grow it or you know, they have some connections with um, some retailers that can get um, the products inside of the store. Do you go by your email or do you, do you have a, you have, you guys have a website now? So you can do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. We have our website at elementapothic.com, but also my email is just Davina at elementapothic.com as well. So I can be reached either, um, either way. We have a contact form on our website that goes to me. Um, so yeah, there's the good opportunities to reach out to me. Fantastic. Well, uh, I love it. Well, there's a lot of amazing things that you've done. I really appreciate you sharing uh, with us the phenomenal story of going through and building effective living. We didn't get a touch about get to talk about the miracle project, um, uh, you know, with uh, the autism theater group. What is that that you do? Yeah, so the Miracle Project, it's a really incredible company that is focusing on trying to bring out uh, musical skills in, in uh, children and even young adults with autism. And there's incredible stories where there's kids that have been nonverbal their whole life and sing for the first time and have a voice. Um, there's something with music and the brain that just triggers it within autism and, and allows that um, 
uh, expression to be able to come out. And so it's really incredible to see and hear these stories that happen um, through, through really the sharing of music. I love it. Yeah, that's, that sounds amazing. So you have a, a you, in all aspects, it sounds like you want to, and you are in, in process, you know, helping people in all kinds of areas, you know, in the kinds of ways. So really appreciate you, Davina. You're doing some amazing stuff and you have the biggest heart ever. So I'll have a, I will have lots more things to talk about, but anyone, if you got to want to get a hold of Davina, um, help her in this amazing kind of process in this huge CBD space, massive multi-billion dollar space. Um, you know, there's some pretty powerful opportunity here. So, um, go ahead and reach out to her and thanks so much to and have a good rest of your day. And we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you so much.